Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with Don't Hold Everything. time you go shopping, stop a moment just before you're ready to pay your bill and ask yourself, haven't I forgotten anything? Isn't there something that comes in a red and yellow package that I was going to buy? Oh, yes, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. There, that's better. It would really be too bad not to have glow coat in the house. Imagine going back to the tiresome back-breaking job of floor scrubbing. Makes you tired to think of it, doesn't it? Seriously, it would be bad. Bad for you and bad for your linoleum. Because continual scrubbing ruins linoleum. Glow coat, on the other hand, protects linoleum. Protects it against scratches, wear, and dirt. Protects it with a hard, beautiful polish that keeps the colors fresh and bright. Johnson's glow coat is called self-polishing because it needs no rubbing or buffing. Just apply and let dry. If you aren't already a glow coat user, try it just once, won't you? <laughs> If you remember, last week, Fibber and Molly took the train down to visit Uncle Dennis, only to find that Uncle Dennis had taken the train up to see them. Oh, you don't remember that? Well, then, it's a good thing I told you, because here, just opening the front door of 79 Wistful Vista after a week away from home, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Look at this living room. Heavenly days, what's been going on in here? Boy, what a mess. Cigar butts, poker chips, empty glasses, oh. dirty dishes, cold bucket tipped over, and a half a sandwich here. Look. Hey, do you suppose there's been a tramp in here? Let me see that sandwich. Huh? Aha. Rye bread, liver sausage, Bermuda onion, peanut butter, sardines, and grape jelly. <laughs> What, no whipped cream? <laughs> McGee, there's only one person in the world who would concoct a sandwich like that. Molly, you mean... Yes. Uncle Dennis has been here. Oh. Oh, why did he have to leave the place in such a mess oh, as I this? I don't know. Look at it. Looks like the tank corps held a dance in here and forgot to get out of their tank. <laughs> Didn't he ever live in a house before? Oh, now take it easy, dearie. Take it easy. I will admit Uncle Dennis gets a little primitive sometimes. After all, he's part Indian, you know. Yeah, I know. You can tell by those high hip bones. You mean high cheekbones. When I get through kicking him around, his hip bones will be higher than his cheekbones. <laughs> that 
big so-and-so's been hanging around here. We won't have a friend left in the whole neighborhood, Molly. Oh, now, McGee, you oh. take Uncle Dennis too seriously. Uh. Personally, I'm very fond of him. And now, don't forget, he gave me away when we were married. Molly, I, I, I don't want to bust any illusion for you, but he didn't give you away. He sold you. <laughs> What do you mean he sold me? Well, he waited till the organ started to play and then says to me he wouldn't go through with it unless I loaned him $25. Chuck, <laughs> I didn't want to spoil the wedding. So I see. I... So you paid him the 25 huh? Well, no, I didn't. I finally got him down to nine bucks. <laughs> and I must say, Molly, I never regretted it. Oh. Well, thank you, Diddy. I'm always glad when one of your business ventures turns out well. Now, come on, help me get this house straightened out. Okay. <clears throat> I'll answer the phone. You straighten these chairs and things around. 79 Wistful Vista, Molly McGee speaking. Who? Oh, no, Mr. Dennis Driscoll is no longer here. Thank goodness. No, no, he left town. Good. What's that? No, never mind. Just cancel the order. Cancel the order? Who's that? Oh, some florist, I guess. Oh. He wanted to know if Uncle Dennis wanted his usual four roses sent over today. <laughs> He may love flowers, but he's got a grudge against education. There's three dead teachers in the wastebasket. <laughs> we got five days' work getting this house in order again, and two years making friends again with the neighbors. I never had a finer compliment. <laughs> well, what'd you want with the old coop? He is not an old coop. He's a nice man. He told me some dandy stories. Oh. Only he didn't finish the last one. Oh. What story was he telling you? Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack and the Beanstalk? Mm -hmm. You mean you never heard that feeble old fable before? <laughs> oh, sure I did. But not like Uncle Dennis tells it, I betcha. See, he's super. Oh, he is, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, let's have a sample of his literary virtuosity. All righty. In the... Hmm? I says, how did he tell about Jack and the Beanstalk? Well, Uncle Dennis said that once upon a time there was a young punk named Jack. Ooh. And he and his old lady were practically down to their last box top. <laughs> yeah. And then the old girl came through with a nifty there to get him out from under the FHA. <laughs> That sure sounds like Uncle Dennis. I'd recognize the sheer beauty of that prose any place. Go on with the narrative. Hmm? Um, I says, go on. Proceed. I can't. He didn't tell me the rest. Oh. Can you? Hmm? Can you please, mister? Well, I don't know if I can approach Uncle Dennis's flashy style, but I'll take a whirl at it. Okay. Go on. Gee, that'll be fun. I'll yeah, well, uh, as I remember, Jack sold the cow for a handful of Boston caviar. Beans to you, sis. <laughs> Beans to you, too, mister. Well, sir, his old lady was so burned up, she threw the beans out the window. They grew up to the stratosphere overnight. Jack shinnied up the stalk, knocked off a giant, and came home with enough gold to make Fort Knox look like a penny arcade. And so they lived solidly ever after and all stuff like that. Well, what's the matter? Oh, 
more it's okay, mister, but I don't know. Hmm? Uncle Dennis gets a lot more personality into it, I bet you. Oh, he does, does he? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting tired of hearing that guy's name. And if I never see his face again, that'll be all right, too. What's the matter with his face? I just don't like it. If I had a face like his, I wouldn't show it. Yeah, and he said if he had a show like yours, he couldn't face it. <laughs> Kid, that kid gets in my hair. She's too impudent. That's impudent. Huh? With the emphasis on the second syllable. <laughs> Hello, daughter. Hello, Johnny. Where's the kid? What kid? You mean the little girl? She just no, went... no, no. The kid. Denny. My chum. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were acquainted with me, Uncle Dennis. I suppose they met in a revolving door and started going around together. <laughs> That takes me back to my childhood, Johnny. <laughs> they didn't have revolving doors when you were a child. No, but they had that joke. <laughs> and furthermore, that ain't the way I heard it. Oh, the way I heard it, one fellow says to Telethor, Say, hey, say. <laughs> See where the territory of Hawaii voted to become our 49th state. That's so, says Telethor. Pretty close contest. Nope, says the first feller. Them hula girls knew they could swing it. <laughs> Where'd you say uh, Denny was? Uh, he's gone home, old-timer, said he with a glad cry. What'd you want to see him about, Mr. Old-timer? No, he was taking me to a taxi dance tonight, daughter, but I didn't want to go. Why not? Don't care for taxi dancing, Johnny. Oh. Tried it once and kept getting my hip pockets caught in the door handle. <laughs> well, give me kick on the
Molly, you've been all through the house. Yes, I have, dearie. Oh, and do you know what dear old Uncle Dennis did? Oh. He took the rubber plant out of the dining room and put it in the bed and covered it up. Ah, he loves plants and flowers, you know. That wasn't love, that was sympathy. He saw they were potted, too. <laughs> he ever comes around here. Oh, for goodness sakes, now, just because he upset the house a little is no... Upset the house? He just about ruined the place. Oh. Wore all my clothes and smoked all my cigars. Upset all... Hello, Fibber. Hello, Molly. Hey, Denny, are you here? Oh, hey, what is this? Does everybody Uncle know that... Uncle Dennis has left, Mr. Wilcox. What did you want to see him about? Well, he and I were working out some advertising slogans. Oh. He'd have made a great advertising man. He'd have made a great advertising man. Sick. <laughs> what golden-haired little brain children did he leave on your doorstep, Wilcox? <laughs> well, you know how Johnson's Wax is the best possible treatment for floors and woodwork because it positively protects against dust and wear and seals the pores of the wood against dirt and dampness. Yes, we know that. We listen to you every Tuesday night, Mr. Wilcox. <laughs> Did Uncle Dennis come through with a walloping war cry on our wonderful wax, Wilcox? <laughs> Did he? Listen to this slogan. Yes. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, Johnson's wax had been used. Why don't you try it? <laughs> well, don't you like it? Well, uh, it, uh, it seems to lack something, Mr. Yeah. Wilcox. Sense, I think. <laughs> well, all right, how about this one? Oh, there's more. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie. He stuck in his thumb and pulled out a plum and said, This is a messy way to eat, but thank goodness the table is protected with Johnson's wax. <laughs> well, now, that's, uh, that's much better. Oh, they're too long, Harlow. They ought to be brief like this. A piece of furniture polished with Johnson wax will reflect your good judgment. Say, that's wonderful. That's terrific. We'll reflect your good judgment. Oh, marvelous. I'm going to send that into Racine right away. I'll see you later, folks. Oh, what do you know? That's not a bad slogan I got there, Molly. I thought so, too. Yeah. The first time I read it on a Johnson Wax folder. Now, come on. Come on, help me straighten up this room. Okay, I'll get the vacuum cleaner and you... I'll get it. Hello? Huh? What do you mean you're ready with Mr. Driscoll's call to Singapore? What? Well, who on earth does Uncle Dennis know in Singapore? I don't know, but I hope it ain't Frank Buck for obvious reasons. <laughs> Hello, operator. Cancel that call. The party don't live here anymore. And he didn't have any right to use this phone in the first... Huh? Huh? Oh, is that you, Mert? Uh... How's every little thing, Mert? Is eh? What's eh, Mert? Your little brother. Knocked him down and jumped on his face, huh? Oh, who did that to Mert's sweet little brother? Nobody. Mert's sweet little brother done it to a snowman they made yesterday. <laughs> What's say, Mert? No, cancel the call. Okay, Mert. Imagine the nerve of Uncle Dennis using our telephone to call him. Oh, who's that? Uh-oh, who would it be? It's Mrs. Uppington, the despair of the cosmetic industry. Ah, uh, yes. East is east. And Westmore is Westmore, and never the twain shall meet. Come in. Oh, oh how do you do, Mr. McGee? And, and Mr. McGee. Hi, Uppy. Uh, my goodness, I, I didn't know you would return home. You didn't? Well, then why did you stop in? Oh, I just wanted to see Dennis about, uh, I mean, uh, that is, I was... uh, Uncle Dennis, you mean. So, you met him too, eh? Dust off a chair, Molly. I think our social standing wants to sit down. <laughs> Oh, you're 
Your Uncle Dennis, Mrs. McGee, is an utterly charming man. Oh. Such verb, such savoir-faire, such swarthy beaver. <laughs> such language. <laughs> you must have learned your French from a phonograph record, Uppy. It scratches a little. <laughs> oh, indeed. Well, I should know better than to use such esoteric terms with you. What? You're so... St- Oh, what shall I say? What's the matter with goodbye? <laughs> now, don't be rude, dearie. Are you inferring, Mrs. Uppington, that McGee and I are inclined to be a bit naive? Oh. <laughs> uh, the word is uh, naive, my dear. <laughs> uh, but getting back to your Uncle Dennis, I think he's a perfectly fascinating person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody seems to rave about him. <laughs> When did this strange interlude between you and the chipmunk on our family tree begin, Abby? Oh, in the strangest and most romantic way, Mr. McGee. I was attempting to cross 14th and Oak Street in the rain Uh when suddenly, dear Denny, just shot out of Joe's tavern. (laughs) And then, then he lay his coat down in the muddy street for me to step on. Oh, no. Yes. Why, the dear boy was in such a hurry, he didn't even take the coat off before he laid it in the gutter. (laughs) Wasn't that just too, too fantastic? Oh, not for Uncle Dennis. (laughs) It was such a lovely, charming thing to do. You know, I felt just like a queen. Yeah, and I imagine Uncle Dennis felt like an ace. like that, you know, so dashing, so romantic. You know, he said the other evening that I reminded him of his mother. Ah, isn't that sweet? Because you and her are about the same age, I imagine, huh? <laughs> yes, I imagine that. What? Well, please, Mrs. McGee, I will. Goodbye. King's men sing Moon Glow. about you I wished on every star 
Suddenly the moonlight showed the way and here you are. Am I only dreaming? Oh, tell me it's true. It must have been the dirty dishes taken out, McGee. Now you can vacuum in here. Okay, where's the vacuum cleaner? Search me. You had it last. Huh? You were trying to fit the bag on your homemade bagpipes, remember? Oh. Ah, <laughs> oh, there. Good day, my dear. And a moderately good day to you, clam bait. Mr. Boomer, how do you do, I'm sure? What's on your mind, Boomer? I'd like to have a few words with a visiting relative, Prune Pit. <laughs> Don't mind, and if you do, consider yourself ignored. Well, he's not here, Mr. Boomer, but I can give you his home address if you'd care to write to him. Oh, I believe I have his home address, my dear, right here. Gave it to me yesterday. Ah, put that address. Address, address. Have it here someplace. Here's a little card I got when I weighed myself. Says, uh, you are honest, straightforward, and trustworthy. (laughs) Got my weight wrong, too. Here's a little Chinese puzzle I filched from a puzzled little Chinese. <laughs> Here's a short length of clothesline. Had an appointment with a night watchman tonight, but I'm afraid he's going to be tied up. <laughs> yes, yes. Here's a platinum ankle bracelet. Ah, so she thought I was just pulling her leg, did she? <laughs> and a check for a short buttermilk. Rat my diet anyway. Well, well. No address of Uncle Dennis. Well, it isn't important. I'll tear up his IOU and keep his watch. Good day, my dear, and to you, cue ball. Well, Uncle Dennis seems to be very popular with everybody. Uh, he's a great guy, and you get to know him. Now, listen, you better be careful what you say about him, dearie. He might remember us in his will. His will? <laughs> the only thing that mug will ever leave behind him is a general feeling of relief. Uh, have he ever saved a nickname? Oh, there, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Fibber. Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Where's Denny? Oh. <laughs> Another beautiful friendship has busted into bloom. If you mean me, Uncle Dennis, Mr. Gildersleeve, he's gone home. Oh, that's too bad. Charming fellow, your Uncle Dennis. Uh, great zest for living. Ah, yeah. He loves life. Uh, he'd love it more if he knew how little he had left. <laughs> When I get a hold of that ham-handed hoodlum... Oh, now, McGee, let bygones be bygones. Uh, I'm glad you like Uncle Dennis, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, he's a great fellow. Lots of character. Yeah, he's got character enough for 12 people, none of whom you'd care to know personally. Yeah. <laughs> did you give him the keys to our house, Gildersleeve? Yes, I did. And I'm glad it gave me the opportunity of meeting such a wonderful personality. Ah, uh, we ate great times together going swimming. Ah, uh, my... What? Swimming. swimming at this time of the year? Yes, we used the pool in your basement. What are, what are you talking about? We haven't got a swimming pool in our basement. Have you looked lately? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Denny found if you let the laundry tub faucets run for 36 hours, you'd have five feet of water down there. Oh, what? <laughs> we dove off the top of your furnace. <laughs> that does it. 
Now I know where to pin the blame. You're responsible for all this damage, Gildersleeve, and I'm going to sue you. Yes, that's so. Yeah. That's a lot of balloon juice, McGee, and you know it. <laughs> oh, yeah? You can laugh now, Gildersleeve, but wait till I get you into court. They'll fry you in your own pat. You're a hard man, McGee. <laughs> And you can't scare me. Oh, for goodness sake, stop it, both of you. You beat around the bush like a couple of cranberry pickers. Well, he can't talk like that to me, Mrs. McGee. I'll pin his ears so far back, he can hear last week's program. Oh! Not that. You make one feeble pass at me, Gildersleeve. You make one pass at me, and I'll hammer you flatter than a hillbilly soprano. Why, you anemic little squirt. You couldn't punch your way out of a wet paper bag. I can punch my way into one, you wet paper bag. Now, listen, what's all this murderous talk? You know very well, McGee, that you and Mr. Gildersleeve will never fight. Oh, no? No. I'm afraid you're in no condition for it, McGee. Don't worry about my condition, Gildersleeve. I'm always in condition. Uh... Why, I used to box with my pappy. And when I was only 13, I could slap him all around the ring. Slap Pappy McGee, I was no doubt. <laughs> Slap Pappy McGee, the speedy, spunky scrapper of the squared circle, slug and star of the scuffle stadiums whose celebrated socks sold out solid sections of seats at stags and smokers, sneering at second string stumble bums silly enough to seek a set two of the sensation of the century, the Superman, a slug and slam. Oh, you leaving backing? Yes, I am. <laughs> the rest of this house cleaning to you. I gotta run down to Kramer's drugstore and get some cigars. That petty larceny uncle of yours smoked mine all up. Well, he had a right to smoke them. They were the ones you gave him, he gave you for last Christmas. No, they weren't. I bought these myself. The cigars he gave me, I buried under a tree in the backyard. Under which tree? You know, the one that fell down and died on New Year's Day. <laughs> Thank goodness this is all over. If that big palooka comes to visit us again before 1957... No answer, uh, dearie. I'm trying to sweep up this broken glass Okay, here. it's probably Nick DePopolis wanting to speak to his dear old pal, Dennis. <laughs> Hello, yes, this is Pippa McGee. And if you want to speak to Uncle Dennis, I'm only too happy to inform you that... <laughs> huh? Who? Oh, oh, well, Chuck, I thought you... <laughs> oh, okay. Goodbye. Somebody want Uncle Dennis? Nobody I know of. That was Uncle Dennis. What? He ain't left town. He's down at Joe's Tavern, and he'll be back here for dinner. Oh. You hear that, Molly? He's coming back. He's coming here. McGee! Stop! What are you doing? You're upsetting everything. Yeah, I know. We want him to feel at home, don't we? Uh, Come some flowers out of here. bright and colorful as the day you bought it, well then, there's one of your wishes that's come true, because linoleum does stay new-looking when it's protected regularly with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. And what's more, the linoleum lasts much longer, too. So there you have two of the reasons why you should use glow coat on all your linoleum floors. And there's even a better reason. Glow coat is such a time and labor saver. There's practically no work at all applying glow coat, no rubbing or buffing whatsoever. You simply pour a little onto your clean floor, spread it around, and let it dry. In 20 minutes, come back to find a beautifully polished floor and one that will be easy to keep clean because spilled things are quickly wiped up with a damp cloth. If you haven't tried Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your floors, 
Buy a can from your dealer right away. You'll never regret it. Now, look, dearie. I want you to make an earnest effort to be nice to Uncle Dennis when he comes home. Oh. For my sake, dearie. And for your own, too. I think if you really try, you'll find he's well worth cultivating. Ah, now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> I'll cultivate him, all right. I'll do better than that. I'll plow him under. Uh, good night. Oh, my. Good night, all. Carlo Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. How old is your car? Ten weeks or ten years? Whichever it is, you'll be glad to know that now you can keep it wax-polished with very little work and at small cost. You can do this because the makers of Johnson's Wax perfected a new auto polish called Carnew. A great labor saver because Carnew both cleans and wax polishes in one operation in half the time it used to take. Your dealer is selling Johnson's Carnew now. The cost is low, and one trial will show you why car owners everywhere are saying, Your car looks like new when you use Carnew, spelled C-A-R-N-U. This is the National Broadcasting Company. This is Chicago, WMAQ, 9 p.m. B-U-L-O-V-A, Boulevard Watch Time. See the Boulevard Banker, 2475, WMAQ.